welcome to the Chatterbox, your source for nonsensical chatter that may make sense or may not, with Zoe and Rhonda. And welcome back, folks. Zoe's stuffing her face as usual. (laughs) (laughs) So rude. I love you too. We're back with William. Okay, pain kittens. <laughs> you want to start? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're back with William, and <laughs> if I could stop laughing, um, possible. Find, find your Zen. Time to time to focus. Go look yeah. for the Nirvana. Have you met us? <laughs> right. Um, but but I did have an idea for a book, though. <laughs> Zoe doesn't know that if it's a good idea, though. Um. Oh boy. Yeah. So we'll run it by William real quick. <laughs> oh dear. Sure. Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear, huh? Cocaine <laughs> bear. <laughs> what am I going to do with you? I can I can see this now. Is this a new illustrated children's book? Uh, no, 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 no. This is actually a true story. This is actually a true story about a black bear that ate $15 million worth of cocaine. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. You be. Oh, the, oh no. Don't. I, I so want to do that book. <laughs> oh, my God. She's horrible. That would be interesting. Are you going to write it from the bear's perspective? Oh, I never thought about that. That would be kind of cool. You know, just oh, wandering through the forest God. and you find Dude. this duffel bag and, oh, there's white stuff in it. Let's see what happens. It tastes <laughs> like sugar. Wow, my heart is racing. <laughs> I'm <laughs> dying. I can feel yeah. the leaves. Yeah, it's like 76 <laughs> pounds of cocaine. That poor bear. <laughs> didn't it originally fall out of an airplane yeah okay so this drug smuggler was like smuggling drugs or whatever and he jumped out of a plane and he uh why couldn't the bear have eaten the drug smuggler and he face planted in some dude's driveway in knoxville tennessee and he had nine coke stuffed duffel bags with him with the body and uh one duffel bag was gone three months later um, south of the Tennessee-Georgia line. Um, they found this dead black bear with coke in its system. Oh, dear. Laying dead next to a ripped up duffel bag with white powdery substance in it. Oh. Well, I would say... Uh... <laughs> Write it and see what happens. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks is literally going to turn this story into a movie. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, I mean, they, they look, look at what Sharknado did. That's oh god, that's no, that oh, <laughs> don't get me started. Oh my gosh. Okay, so stupid question for Titanic things. Okay. 
do you think Jack could have fit on that door? Can <laughs> <laughs> we not? Well, okay. Um, <laughs> you I know it's not asking that ridiculous <laughs> question. Rhonda. Mythbusters oh. tried to just prove that shit and they couldn't. Well, okay. <laughs> For starters, yes, they could. Um, but <laughs> but now, now now, now, now comes the historian out of me. So I'm gonna have to clarify something. That's not a door. <laughs> what was it? What? That's on... actually a piece of wall paneling for the first class lounge. Uh, I thought it was a door. Damn. Yeah, the actual piece is actually sitting uh, in the. Oh, five people could have fit on that then. Jesus. So. Yeah, if you yeah, want to see the paneling itself, it's at the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic. It was one of the first things that was uh, recovered from uh, from the wreck sites just a few days after the sinking. Yeah, Rose was um, just a selfish bitch and didn't want to share. Rhonda. No, yeah, I'm sorry. She hey, we are not talking about that horrible movie. <laughs> hey, Thank I'm you. sorry. I saw that movie in the theater, and when he died, I stood up and cheered. Well, that's all right. I mean, we're, I, I did something a little bit slightly worse than you. Uh-oh. Oh, God. No. Did you yell, it took you long enough? Oh, no, no. I, I, I started crying. And um, really? not because of that part, because. Uh, the historical you know, inaccuracies of the whole thing? And no, actually, how historically accurate the rooms and the settings were. Oh, and and the and and also the most of the thinking too. So yeah, I, I was really sad about the old people and all that, but when he died, I was just like, yes. Oh no, that that old couple. So, oh my god, I did cry for the old couple. Yeah, that I also hard. cried for all those immigrant immigrants. Freaking words today, that were locked down below. Which they yeah. actually weren't. <laughs> they weren't. Nope. Okay then. <laughs> now, so uh, now, just, just to fill you in before I answer your and explain on that part, um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough. I've researched uh, Titanic for the past forty-one years. And wait, how old are you? Forty-six. Yeah, he 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 he's just a couple years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> a couple years older oh. than me. <laughs> So, and uh, I also was friends with the last four survivors, and I'm currently friends with a number of the descendants of the passengers and crew, and also some of the people that have gone to the expeditions uh, down to the wreck itself. Hmm. So, that but, would be uh, cool. I always wanted to. I, I always wanted to visit. Yeah, that that would be some good ghost hunting for you. Right. You can actually do it now. The uh, first uh, tourist dive is coming up here uh, next month. Yeah, I don't know how to swim. You don't. Well, you can't. You need a submarine to get down there. <laughs> what, you, Two and a half miles down. You can't swim. No, I don't know how to swim. I can doggy I paddle. Throw, Does that count? I could. Yes, I doggy paddle too. Uh, <laughs> I will throw your. Come here. I will teach you how to swim. Yeah, you'll be like my grandfather and throw me in and say sink or swim. Yep. Start, yeah. Start, start paddling, kid. 
yeah, he ended up having to pull my ass out because I was drowning. <laughs> well, it's good that you weren't there that night. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe would have held me in. She would have kept kicking me back. <laughs> I would have baptized you. You'd have been fine. <laughs> but um, so, but but yes. Yeah, so to, uh, to answer that part. Um, real quick. So yes, like I said, it was a lot worse on my end. Um, I accidentally cleared the movie theater. Not that I planned it that way. <laughs> you cleared the movie theater? Um, I did. There's only one way you could have possibly cleared the movie theater in my mind, and that's with the most horrendous fart in the world. Luckily, that did not happen. <laughs> but Something did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my tail. Do tell. Okay. Well, here's the thing. So let me give you a quick backstory. Oh, dear. For the opening of, of that film. What happened was. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, no. So I actually have an annual tradition that I have done for many years on the anniversary that's where I actually have a ship's bell that I'll ring three times at 20 minutes of midnight and then mm -hmm. I'll watch the film at night to remember my neighbors uh, decided to call the newspapers and let them know about the historian and the Titanic guy across the street a few weeks before the film opened and it ended up uh, the, the reporter that uh, came to interview me was so flabbergasted with, uh, with what I knew and the people that I had met, stuff like that, mm -hmm. that um, she accidentally published what was originally a private number to the public and put it out to the wires around the world. <laughs> um, your number. Yeah. How <laughs> she doxed him. <laughs> Doxing, whoops. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was a double edged sword. I mean, it was a because it, it gave me my own business for almost four and a half years of running a one man presentation and portable traveling museum. So, you know, it was just getting 2,000 plus calls a week at random hours of the day that got a little oh, crazy. My goodness. So, so understandably, we get to the day of the premiere, and I had three different TV stations that wanted me to come in and be their guest. <laughs> so the first one was for the morning news, so I had to be down in Miami, which is an hour's drive for me, by four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, so I went down there. It was my first time on TV, stuff like that, and you know, so I'm watching the inner workings of, of the production and trying to stay awake. <laughs> okay. you know, then I had the second one at 10 o'clock and then the third one at 6 o'clock. And then in between that, I had to answer phone calls and sort through everything and plan a few lectures. And then at 7 o'clock, um, I was going to be at the local theater where I was doing both a gig and then also attending the 11 p.m. performance of the movie. <laughs> so, I was, so at that point, I was running off of 20 minutes of sleep from the night before. Oh my gosh. 
get in there and I'm absolutely flabbergasted, just absolutely stunned at looking at everything and you know just knowing the layout as much as I do. And obviously, of course, you know, watching the love story and just going, okay, come on, skip to something accurate. Can we fast forward this scene? Can we fast forward this scene? Okay. Oh, good. They're making out. But you know what? That Yeah, he's actually got the electrical uh, layout pretty well. Yeah, that lamp's supposed to be there. Okay, they're still kissing. Let me finish studying the rest of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so, so when it finally got to the uh, sinking sequences, I'm sitting there just absolutely in tears. And the lady sitting you know, to, to my side, leans over. She's like, are you crying because of Jack? And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, what's wrong, sweetie? I'm like, that's my ship. <laughs> so, yeah. next thing I know, the next five rows get up and leave. <laughs> and I'm looking around. I'm like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um so but yes i've um I, i've studied her story for 41 years and uh very ironic how things worked out but i, I think you'll appreciate some of it though Rhonda. um but... you know for me um i actually first learned of titanic when i was five years old because i spent a lot of summers with my grandparents so uh, one day my grandfather and I were going to go to the movies and, uh, you know, because we got stuck in traffic and, and such, we missed our first right. choice. So as we were walking out of the theater, I saw the uh, promotion poster for the movie Race the Titanic. And I've never heard of that one. Oh, I mean, it's um, unfortunately to this day, it's still considered one of the biggest box office bombs because the uh, Cold War spy movie. Oh, okay. You know, but um, yeah, but but uh, you know, even, even at that age, I was watching stuff like um, you know, Undersea World of Jacques Cousteau and right know, reruns of Sea Hunt. So I mean, I always like scuba diving and things along those lines. So yeah, you know, so the, so the movie poster shows the wreck coming up out of the water. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, this looks like an interesting movie. Can we go see it? And he's like, yeah, sure, you know. And uh, the movie starts out with archive photos of the real ship. And, you know, for, uh, for my grandfather, whenever we'd go to the movies, we always made it a point to sit in the front row. So, right. you know, so there I am, you know, at five years old, you know, maybe, you know, four and a half foot, five foot tall. You That's know, a teeny thing. Yeah. But looking up into this massive movie screen, and looking at this thing and looking at this giant ship and everything else in between and being, you know, being the age of curiosity, you know, by the time we got to the ending credits and we're walking to the car, I'm like, you know, well, you know, did that really happen? Was so-and-so a real person? Is that a real ship? Is this based off of real events? Can you tell me more about this? <laughs> and that's what, that's what, got you started with the whole titanic thing it is uh yeah because on, on the way home we stopped at the bookstore and uh he bought me the book a night to remember oh wow and since i was learning how to read you know he would read me one chapter per night before bed 
Wow. And then, and then from ages five all the way through to uh, 13, before I, you know, before he passed, every summer he found ways of incorporating the Titanic into an educational lesson. So, nice. you know, so yeah, it was yeah. through him I learned about, uh, you know, proper dinner etiquette, uh, you know, you know how, how to be, uh, you know, respectful, courteous, uh, mm-hmm. things of that nature, um, you know, how to plot a ship's course. Uh, you know, even help me get over my fear of heights by having me climb the high dive at our local YMCA, and yeah, nope. you know, he let me know that this is roughly about the height that Titanic was at during the final ten minutes, and you know, most people jumped at that point. <laughs> you yeah, you you had the Titanic growing up. I had the Meg. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You know, so, and then, um, yeah, so, so needless to say, before he uh, passed, when I was uh, 13, you know, he asked if I would uh, continue the research and, you know, teach others the way that he had done it for me. Wow. And so I promised that I would do that. And I've kept that promise uh, ever since. That is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because I, I honestly, I still think that the Meg could live at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, but you know, whatever. Stop bringing up that freaking shark! <laughs> What's wrong with the Meg? Okay. Meg is awesome. I do not go to the beach for two reasons. Jaws? Shark? <laughs> what was that white guy? Jaws. <laughs> that was slightly racist. <laughs> Okay, I don't. Let's try this again. I don't swim well. I cannot doggy paddle away from a freaking shark that is gonna chomp down on my dumb ass and say, "Oh, you tasted good, bitch." You know, no, yeah, no. Mm-mm. I do not go in the damn water at the beach. I got whomped the hell out of with a big ass wave this i don't know we were in friggin sandy hook or down the shore visiting grandparents or some shit this rogue ass wave came out of nowhere and want my little eight-year-old ass i was like nope i ain't ever going in a friggin water again <laughs> change of plans <laughs> i was like nope not happening ever again nope nope she's got her oh, finger in a wet hole again uh-huh. It's so, out, outside of uh, movie trivia, anything you'd like to know about the real ship itself? Um, yeah, what actually happened? Like, okay, did they have foreknowledge of the, of the iceberg? Or like in the movie, was it just, oh, well, we're not really paying attention. Fuck it. Oh, shit, there's an iceberg. Oops, what did we hit? Oh, it was the underwater angel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, basically, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those cases where uh, all the years of training actually backfired in a lot of ways. So, you know, for starters, um, captains of ships back then were always trained that if you're going to be going into a field of danger, you know, coral reef, icebergs, things like that, you sail at a faster speed to get yourself out of there. 
Right. Yeah. So um, there were ice warnings ahead of time before the night of the disaster. And, you know, Captain Smith actually changed the uh, course and sailed farther south than what he was originally assigned to do. Um, just like with aircraft today, uh, ships always had a, a side route they would use for each right. of their So, yeah, so he actually deviated farther south, uh, expecting to get away from the ice field. So, what played against them, though, were, were two things. Uh, one, um, the amount of ice that was in the region was heavy enough that it actually halted the uh, current itself. Oh. So most of the pastors, crew, and even the crew members uh, that survived all said that it was a flat, calm ocean that, you know, some called it almost like a mill pond, you know, with just right. no waves breaking the surface or anything like that. Oh, wow. Like totally like dead, stagnant water roll? Like, yeah. Kind of like black glass. Yep. Oh. And then. Damn. Yeah, and then the type of iceberg that they hit, though, is actually called a blackbird. Uh, what? I've never heard of that. Well, yeah. what it is, uh, you know, it, instead of being you know pure white like you see in a lot, you know, what you would expect to see. Yeah. Right. Okay, this is the, an iceberg that actually has been exposed to the air so much that all that part is melted. So it's flipped itself upside down and it's become top heavy. So now. It's clear ice, and then it, at nighttime, it's almost virtually invisible. So oh, that's why they didn't see it in time. Exactly. Oh, my God. Not that they weren't paying attention. It's just they couldn't see it. Oh, so literally, like, black ice on the road. You don't see that. Nope. Damn. You know, and so, you know, by the time the lookout spotted it, Unfortunately, um, you know, they had, you know, first officer Murdoch had 37 seconds to make his decision on what to do. Oh, and you can't exactly out steer a ship you from can't. an iceberg that's just right on top of you at that point. Exactly. I, and was it bigger, like, under the water? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there's evidence uh, on the wreck that what she did was she grounded herself, is what it's called. Oh, so she, like they, like ships do, like on coral reefs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it got damaged to the side and also parts of the bottom, too. Oh. oh. So she literally ripped herself open, then? Not, not a full rip, no. In this case, it was mostly dense. Really? So how how did yeah. she break apart? Well, that that's natural physics right there. Um, yeah, I never took but, physics. Well, I, I, well, well no, in this case, I'll, I'll explain it for you. Um, what what you don't see in the movie, but everybody you know, everybody who researches studies the ship knows. Mm -hmm. In between the third and the fourth funnels, there's actually a second grand staircase. It's not right. as elaborate as the one that was up front. Okay. Okay. But this one also, like the one up front, went down almost four to five deck levels. Whoa. So, you know, so in this case, when it got to that point in time of the sinking, 
those sets of wooden stairs and the glass dome were holding up the back end of the ship. Okay, so the back end was too heavy for it to handle. Yeah, because that's where all the engines, the machinery, the rudder, and everything else was yeah, all, all. Yeah, all the important stuff to make things go go. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. I just so so, and I know it's a crappy movie, but what they did when the ship broke apart right before it went under, they let go. Is that something? That could potentially save somebody. What? Let go shipwreck? and slide, let go and slide down the deck. No, 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 no. Okay, so in the movie, Jack and Rose was like on the other side of the uh, of the rails when oh, yeah, it was I'm like sure. up in the air when they yeah. went back in, or just held on and then let go when they were under the water. Well, yeah, that, something yeah. like that. Yeah, in that case, there really wasn't that much suction uh, when when it oh, went okay. up. You know, in fact, um, there, there's one guy. He's one of my favorite people uh, that, that I always like to talk about because you see him as a cameo in that movie, but he's more predominant in A Night to Remember and a few other ones. But mm -hmm. um, you know, the gentleman's name was Charles Joffin, but um, and he was actually one of the chief bakers on board the ship. Now, oh wow! So he was he, actually on the ship, and he was actually—he was actually the last the person to leave the ship. Uh, oh wow! And you know, and it, it, you know, everybody knows his you know his end re reaction and his end result. But there's one thing that's kind of you know overlooked at times. But uh, mm -hmm. you know what happened in Joplin's case is that, you know, just like so many of the crew members, uh, you know, they'd all worked together on previous ships in the past. And mm. so, you know, they've all known, you know, have known and worked and, you know, grew up with each other and stuff. So, in this case, uh, Joplin knew uh, Titanic's uh, chief doctor, uh, Dr. O'Loughlin. Mm. And, you know, in private conversation, O'Loughlin was telling you know, close friends that if you're going to, you know, if you stay on board and you're, you're going to, if you wind up getting stuck on board, drink as much as you can. Make sure you drink enough to pass out so that way that you don't know when the end comes. Oh, oh, no, oh, wow. So, oh, was he the cook in the movie that just, yeah. Kind of, oh, oh, goodness. So, and so, yeah, Joplin took the advice and downed himself with buttloads of whiskey yeah. and actually survived the night. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. He wasn't expecting that. No, he wasn't. Um, if I was going to drink myself into a stupor and expect the end, um, yeah, I kind of want to wake up somewhere wherever I'm going, heaven or hell, <laughs> and I expect to be dead. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, a uh, lot less alive than he was. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and, and he actually described it. He said that, you know, he, you know, he rode the railing like it was an elevator and he didn't even get his head wet. Wow. Wow. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, his, his I, I mean, 20. in a way, that was lucky. <laughs> he didn't have to worry about hypothermia. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, but so, uh, what what else would you like to ask? <laughs> this is a topic that, that I could spend years during stories. <laughs> He can spend hours on this alone. Yes. God, I, I never really thought that much about Titanic past the right. movie. And, and saying, thank God you're dead when she pushed him off the end and he was frozen and he sank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I'm sorry. That was such a contrived love story. It was by <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> It never happened. Thank you. (laughs) Another way Hollywood takes its own creative licenses. Yes, exactly. And and has turned itself into its own monster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Heart of the Ocean, was that real? No. The necklace wasn't real either? Nope. Oh, however, I however there is there is one item on there that if it if it is ever found again would make that necklace look like something in a gumball machine. <laughs> you, 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 wait, you mean there were other goodies on that ship that would have made that? What the hell was that necklace called? The jewel of the heart sea? of the ocean. Heart of the ocean. Ah, whatever. <laughs> only one. Only one item. What it, was it? It is, a, it is a jeweled copy of the Rubiot. Oh, what? A what? jeweled copy of the Rubiot. Oh. Is the cover of this book of poetry is done in jewels. So the peacock actually has sapphires, diamond, amethyst, emeralds, rubies. Gold. Okay, we need to get someone to go down there and find that damn book. Oh, everybody knows what it has a rough idea of exactly where it is. But why on earth haven't they brought it up? It's sitting Probably. in the carpet hold. Oh, it's the, the ship. The ship is federally protected. You cannot take anything from inside. Oh, oh, so it's not legalized grave robbing at this point. Well, archaeology, I mean, I mean, would that technically be archaeology? I mean, at that point, it would be grave robbing. (laughs) You all know archaeology and legalized grave robbing. That's where the debate comes into play. So um, that's, that's why even now, you know, they're still, they were going to try to recover the Marconi radio set. And it's still an ongoing debate now. Um, half of the community says it's grave robbing. The other half says bring it up so we can save it. Because either way, you know, the ship is still deteriorating. So one way or another, it's going to get lost to history. Yeah. Yeah, they, they need to, in my opinion, they need to save it before it does. I, I mean, I think... I would be okay if they were recovering these items to preserve them and put them in the museum. Yeah, that's the only stipulation that, that is there. 
Um, that, that's why one, one of the companies that you see me uh, talking about frequently is uh, one called RMS Titanic Incorporated. Yeah. Uh, they are the legal salvers of the show. Wow. So, yeah. They, uh, okay. They run so the what, do you, what do you think the Titanic's fatal flaw was? I, I think it was just a, a build up more of um, you know years of training that uh, they weren't expecting, you know, because nobody really expected black ice. No one expected the weather condition of 1911 to be so extreme that the ice field had expanded itself. Mm. You know, yeah, I mean, all... I mean, like, uh, like in the building of the ship. Oh, there isn't one. Really? Yeah, she was honestly very solid. Yeah, I mean, let, let me put it to you this way, okay? Everyone is everyone focuses predominantly on Titanic, but right. The, the best example that I can give you is going to be her sister ship, the Olympic, which was uh-huh. the first one that was built. Okay, and we actually just celebrated the uh, anniversary this past week of it. But the Olympic during World War One was converted into a troop transport ship. Okay. Oh. Wow. And she actually rammed and sank a, a German U-boat. Oh, rammed wow. completely in half. <laughs> Damn. So, you know, if there was a fatal flaw, it would have shown up even then. <laughs> right? No, because I, I read somewhere that uh, there was some kind of design flaw um, that, like, the bulkheads were watertight. But the walls separating the bulkheads were not. Okay, that's, you're partially right. The problem there is that they were never capped. Okay. Yeah, they, they basically look like a giant ice cube tray. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, yeah, and. I'm so glad he used that analogy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's pretty much so. That that's what caused it to sink right there. You know, they you know, the idea of watertight compartments was still a new phase. It was it was still in its infancy. So it was the radio. Mm. You know, you know, probably everything that, that you saw going into Olympic and Titanic were all the new fads and new safety regulations. Mm. So you know, so you gotta bear in mind, even like on the passenger front, this is these are the first ships to have swimming pools and a working telephone system, so you can oh actually call people in another app. Oh wow! So, <laughs> actual phone. Are you okay there, Zoe? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Oh my gosh! That's wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're down to four minutes, y'all. Oh my gosh! All right, so in the four minutes, I, I got we got time for one more question, then. <laughs> Yeah, will you come back and talk more about Titanic? There's yeah, your question. I'll be, ha- <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy to. We'll definitely whatever you'd like. And yeah, we, we'll def- we don't have to make him doing it. Yeah, freaking work. <laughs> we don't have to make him do it kicking and screaming either. Like I said, he, he can talk for hours <laughs> on this. He exactly. Subject. Yeah, we, we can keep the crappy movie out of it next time. Thank you. I'll do some research. 
Yes, if you because that's one fun thing. If you go to, to some of the uh, research groups, they'll tell you there's three rules: do not talk about the movie, do not discuss the switch theory, do not discuss the coal bunker theory. The what? Huh? <laughs> the what? The coal bunker and the switch theories are new <laughs> conspiracies that came up over the past five years. And uh, oh, oh righty then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we we can start getting into them at the moment. We three minutes really. Yeah. Like, what I'll, is that? So I'll, yeah, it's a question. It's a very simple. I'll really? do it. In, I'll do it in layman's terms for you. One of them was the basis for a documentary because. Uh, it was actually going to help sell a product that was going up for auction. And it did exactly what it was supposed to do. But unfortunately, it's also caused more trouble in the long run. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to wonder if the fucking Hope Diamond was on board that ship. Well, if you follow Urban Legend, then yes, it was. You know, then the, the, we have the story of the Mummy's Curse as well, too. Oh, oh. Well, that, that's something for next time, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always love leaving Zoe on a cliffhanger because she fucking hates it. I don't Well, know. in that <laughs> case, then... Uh, three fucking times already. Yeah, I get it. Get then, I'll, then I'll give you the ultimate cliffhanger, then. Uh, what? Rod Serling actually found a story inspired by Titanic. <laughs> Was it the Poseidon Adventure? <laughs> no, no, but it was it was actually one of his uh, TV episodes, though. Now she's gonna go through. Shut up! Shut up! I'm thinking Twilight Zone. You're close, almost, but uh, no, it's an episode of Night Gallery. Oh, I uh, okay. So. Mm. Less than a minute. Less than we a have minute. to say bye bye. Okay. Before it cuts us off. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for having me. I'll keep her in suspense. Yeah, yeah keep her in suspense. Well. Oh my God, I hate you both right now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm Rhonda. My messenger instead. <laughs> I'm Rhonda. And I'm Zoe. <laughs> I'm William. Thanks for. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.